Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 12th. Today is National Big Wind Day. I guess that's for all the cannabis smokers out there, or maybe it's for all the politicians that just like to blow hot air, but who knows? It's also National Colorado Day. Shout out to all y'all that live out there and work out there and cannabis industry out there national 412s day now i couldn't figure out what they're talking about 12s they're talking about the actual number 12 they're actually talking about law enforcement so that is still yet to be continued it's also national grilled cheese sandwich day so we know what gretchen's having for lunch and it's national only child day because you should be able to play with your toys when you want to not because you're forced to share with them with someone else and it's also national licorice day and thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast please remember to like share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms use that fancy little qr code right there in the top hand of your screen to find out where we live everywhere on the internet and we're live every day on youtube and audio only on clubhouse you can participate in the show if you're joining us in clubhouse by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented but without further ado we're going to get this show going because we have a lot of hot stories today to share with y'all and so yes that's right it is the dope dad himself coming up first that's right rico lamite who is constantly or was constantly in a war with the internet gangbanging cartel. He has escaped salvation and is a witness protection program somewhere on the internet. What do you have for us this morning, Rico Lamit? Yes, I'm in witness protection somewhere in an Asian community in um, South Corridor of Los Angeles right now. Can't tell you guys where, but um, you can probably geolocate me with all this damn internet um, browsing and and spying on the people that Joe Biden's America pusses on us. But I'm not going to get into that. Today, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency and cannabis. On the surface, cryptocurrency seems like a perfect payment method for bridging the, the processing gap between a federally illegal yet locally legal product like cannabis. Blockchain, uh, blockchain technology allows for full documentation through ledger transactions. I'm dying today. Uh, completed by anonymous users. You'd think it'd be a natural fit to replace cash transactions in a cash-only establishment um, operating within an increasingly cashless world. But the SEC seems to think otherwise, and even though not having a legal credit card option for retail payment processing is a problem for both consumers and businesses alike, the issue is something that the entire 
industry continues to struggle with, and one that led to Northern California retailer Smokeland to beta testing a cryptocurrency loophole that seemed like a viable solution just a few weeks back. The idea was that consumers would purchase crypto with their cards and not cannabis. Crypto was immediately used to purchase cannabis, and they'd then cash back out with crypto once more, leading credit processors to see the transaction as a crypto purchase, not buying cannabis. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time, and Smokeland helped to do a full-scale launch of the service this month, just in time for 420. But in an unfortunate update yesterday via TechCrunch, the test failed, with Smokeland's Director of Marketing and E-Commerce, Jeff Dillon, stating that upon further review, the workaround could potentially be seen as bank fraud, and as a result, their processing partner terminated the shop's relationship. If the story seems familiar, it's because it happened to other tech-forward players in the industry, too. This is just the first time a retailer publicized trying and failing to use a stored value option uh, for customers to bypass cash at dispensaries by buying gift cards um, and other obscure objects to indirectly use credit to buy weed. With crypto, specialized dispensary POS Posabit offered a purchase by credit option a while back, but it quietly backed off of that plan and the option disappeared from its list of features months ago. Digital delivery giant Ease tried it back in 2021 using the Circle stablecoin USDC as a placeholder for credit value, successfully processing over $50 million in transactions using the loophole. Ease's massive success put the company on the radar of the U.S. District Court of the Southern District of New York, leading to a landmark case where prosecutors deemed this in a scathing memorandum the scheme involved the deception of virtually all participants in the payment processing network, including issuing banks and credit unions in the United States and Visa MasterCard uh, through the use of merchant names, fake merchant locations, fake descriptions of merchant activities, and fake merchant descriptors. And that Ease's founders also worked with and directed others to apply and correct merchant category codes. Uh, to the mar marijuana transactions in order to disguise the nature of those transactions and create false appearance that the transactions were completely unrelated to marijuana. But Smokeland doesn't really seem too phased by the setback. Dylan said, it'll now be moving forward with a bank-sponsored merchant service solution, allowing users to pay by credit card once again, emphasizing the, uh, the ability to process credit as a significant strategic advantage for their retail operation. He wisely stopped short of revealing who they'd be using as a bank, as a base bank for the process or giving any details on how it really work. Um, but hey, going fast and breaking things on the road to riches is a process as American as well, America. I'm not sure the decision to keep testing banking loopholes in a federally illegal industry or allowing a major tech blog to give live updates on each trial runs um, uh, uh, success or failure. Um, I don't think that's really the attention an operator wants these days with all the recent scrutiny on risk-heavy Silicon Valley tied banks, but I guess all press is good press. And long as they stay in business and no one from their team ends up getting locked up, you got to give them credit for having the balls to keep trying. And finally, in this specific situation, I think it's only fair for me to allow my esteemed conservative colleagues, Jason Beck and Gretchen Gailey, to give their obligatory three-word response as a solution to Smokeland and other operators tempted to add unnecessary risk to their businesses via untested 
banking loopholes. Go ahead and do it. Oh, yeah. Pass safe banking already. Everybody now yeah. together. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street, reporting for High at Nine News. For the rest of y'all, think about this one. I mean, I told you guys, we covered this last week when they made the big announcement, and I told you guys this is totally illegal. They're not going to be able to go through with it. And look, they practiced exactly what you do, Rico, backpedal. It's not, it's not me backpedaling on this. In this particular I didn't say case, you. This, I yeah. said they took, they took the play out of your playbook, which was to backpedal. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. As, as opposed to flip-flopping uh, in, in your playbook, right? No, yep. but I, I think it's – I applaud their efforts to keep on innovating, um, but you know, um, maybe they shouldn't be so loud about the stuff that they're doing right here. <laughs> I, I have a question for y'all, and not that I don't want to pass safe banking, but I'm trying to understand, Jason Beck, why you think this is illegal. Why is it illegal? First of all, yeah. you, you, there's there's a lot of different reasons that I could go into the illegality of this. Okay? Give me some, one. For one, it's a purchase of a controlled substance using an electronic payment measure, which the federal government has jurisdiction over. Uh, no, you're purchasing crypto. No. And then your crypto is purchasing it. So why is this illegal? It's money laundering. I, it's, don't, I, I think it's a stretch. It's money laundering. I don't I think, think it's a stretch at all. And I think the Justice Department will feel the exact same way that I do. Well, <laughs> the Justice Department, we know, is so in touch with what's going on in the world. They are. Uh, Dale Schaefer, as an attorney, I love an attorney's opinion. Is this money laundering using crypto? Yeah. Uh, I think you can make that case, yeah. Why? See, I told you, Gretchen. Well, you, I would like now. an actual educated might as well just answer. Say it, might as well just say it now, Gretchen. Jason's right. No, okay. I'll never. Those words will never <laughs> come out of my mouth. There, there's an entire laundry list of rules called the, the FinCEN rules. Exactly. Right. Whenever you deal with um, cash and a controlled substance, and yes. we don't know where the money comes from. You have to do a lot of filings. Mm-hmm. And Gretchen, I was in prison with an attorney who played a little loose with these rules about handling money. Got eight years. Okay. Hold so, up. Boom. Jason, you- Jason you- where's Adam? Can we please mute Jason? <laughs> you got to give, give Jason yeah. his flowers where they're due. Jason's been preaching yep. this since Clubhouse was popular. It's I don't, I don't love crypto and cannabis, but I do think that some could argue that it is not money laundering. You could, lo- you could argue that, but well, it's argue a losing it. argument. And you're yeah. going to spend a lot of money. Why is it, why is it a losing that argument? argument? Because that's the argument you make after you've been indicted. Yeah, they're okay. current, they're current, they're so before you get indicted. Well, the problem is there's a whole lot of rules. The SEC has a lot of rules about right. raising money that haven't come to bite people yet, but they will. And if you're trying to get around the banking laws, I spent some time in prison with guys who tried to do that. The banking laws uh, are pretty strict. They have a lot of power in the DOJ, and they will open investigations if you get too much on their radar. Mm-hmm. Because we... I try to stay away from raising money because it's just a lot of problems. But as soon as you get a, to be a bigger company and you start doing things that are raising capital, you get on the SEC's radar and they will come in and stick a microscope up your butt about three feet and no one survives that. And let me tell you, the SEC is a gnarly, gnarly agency and the yeah. amount of disclosures that you have to give to them to satisfy their questions and whatnot is yep. astronomical. OK, and the amount of t- attorney fees that you're going to have to pay to provide those answers is another astronomical. See, look at Dale's getting ready to collect the money already. 
Yeah, I, I spent. I mean, I, I I spent ten years in that space, and, and I know it ain't no joke. Ask any of the celebrities that were pushing any of these cryptocurrencies over the pandemic and those million dollar fines that they just had to break off. Point. Um, uh, like last month, yes. <laughs> Lil, Lil Yachty, uh, Taylor yeah. Swift, like all, all of them had to come up uh, with a six and seven figure fines that they had to pay the SEC yep. because it was unregulated at the time. There were no rules for it at the time, but. A bunch of people went broke and now they're cracking down on that shit. They said it was not regulated, but now exactly. they're deeming it as a um, as an actual security when um, it's it's not really. It is. It kind of is. It, kind of is. it is a security. You had you hedge on it. It's a security. Yeah. Yeah. It, definition of security is so yeah. vague right. that they can make almost anything. If you're trying to raise money in any way, any way you're dealing with money, they can find a way to make it a security. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem you have. They just haven't been that problem yet. Um, but there's there's a number out there that are just waiting to jump in and tear people apart. If you, you know, get a little too sideways with the SEC or these banking regulations, they can spank you pretty hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I still uh, think there's a gray area to make this work. Uh, and yeah, stay right. tuned. Gretchen Gailey will have that gray area for you coming up. Oh, I bet. It's going to be an expensive legal bill. That's what it's going to be. You're going uh, to get an expensive panoptic strategies bill for the consult for the consulting <laughs> on it, and then you're going to get an expensive bill from the SEC for telling you why you can't really do this. Jason Beck, I, I feel a bet coming on that I'm I might down. have that but, I might have I mean, something yeah, we, to show we you. Can put our bet in crypto. Really? How about that? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. We're on a free yeah, speech. Y'all laugh, laugh at me now. Laugh at me now. Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren. So with uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, in the cabinet right now, like I wouldn't be trying any of this shit because she is not having any of that stuff. And she's all about protecting uh, the the little guys on this. So she is. Well, she claims that at least she's not about protecting the little guy. That's big news. She's not. Right. It's it's the front. You should see see how much money she's made uh, being a senator. It's ridiculous. And she's she's all about laying down the law right now in laying down the law and uh and and falsifying her identity don't even start i'm not going down that road <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking that oh big, we're gonna go to a commercial big. we're gonna be right back let's do it how's it going guys saman razani coming to you from green street here with jason beck smoking on the best weed in the world did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. He is West Hollywood's right-leaning president of cannabis tourism and is actively the industry's longest continuously operating retailer known to many for smoking the best weed in the world and an avid supporter of the 45th president, soon to be the very first president to be charged with a crime and, and actually lose the case. I don't know if it's this one, but it might be the next one after that. It might be the next one after that. But anyways, y'all know who it is. Coming to the stage next, he is the man, the myth, the legend, white Gucci in Detroit himself, Jason Beck. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what I'm not doing today. It's accepting any crypto payments, but, you know, but I'll tell you what I am going to talk about today. Everyone always talks and talking about oh, Germany, Germany, Germany. That's right. Well, Germany is now scaling back cannabis liberalization 
after the EU claps back. That's right. Germany's government presented scaled back plans Wednesday to liberalize the country's rules on cannabis, including the decriminalizing possession of limited amounts and allowing members of nonprofit cannabis clubs to buy marijuana for adult use purposes. In a second step, German officials also uh, envision setting up regional test projects to sell cannabis through commercial supply chains. Health Minister Karl Leiterbach said, but the proposal differs from one he presented in October, which foresaw allowing the sale of cannabis to adults across the country at licensed outlets. The German government revised the plan following talks with the European Union's Executive Commission. Agriculture Minister Sim Ozdemir said EU law, in quotes, sets us limits we must respect. But that I will also say we are pushing. Latterback uh, had con- had cautioned all along that the government would only proceed with its original plan if it got the green light from the EU. Bum, 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 bum. Germany has allowed some patients to get cannabis as prescription medicine since 2017, and the proposed new legislation foresees legalizing the possession of up to 25 grams, nearly one ounce of cannabis for adult use purposes and allowing individuals to grow up to three plants. It would let German residents 18 and older join nonprofit cannabis clubs with a maximum of 500 members each which would be allowed to grow cannabis for members' personal consumption. Individuals would be allowed to buy up to 25 grams per day or up to 50 grams per month, a figure that would be limited to 30 grams for adults under the age of 21. That's not a lot. Membership in multiple clubs wouldn't be allowed and authorities could limit the number of clubs. The club's cost would be covered by membership fees, which would be staggered according to how much cannabis the members used. Ozdemir said that the draft legislation will be finalized this month and that consumption will become legal this year already. Officials hope that the first step will help push back the black market, they say. This fall, the government plans to map out the next step, five-year tests of regulated commercial supply chains in select regions, and Lauterbach said details, including which regions would be chosen, have yet to be thrashed out. The government wants to have the pilot project significantly evaluated, and the ministers were optimistic that the successful tests would enable them to build pressure for a change of policy at the EU level and ultimately to clear the way for the original plan to allow licensed sales. The feedback also uh, so far from Brussels, in quotes, is on is is on the one hand something that perhaps disappointed us, but on the other hand, also has an opportunity, the opportunity to build the basis of a European cannabis policy with a well-conducted study, Lauterbach told reporters in Berlin. The plans will need approval from the German parliament's lower house, but officials said uh, said an endorsement is not needed from the upper house. The chamber represents Germany's 16th, 16 state governments, which of many of which of the country's main center-right opposition block. The block has opposed liberalizing cannabis, and one conservative regional official went to Brussels to lobby against Lauterbach's initial plan. Center-right health policy spokesman Tino Sorge told the funky newspaper group that the government was pressing ahead with legalizing a risky drug despite European legal hurdles. 
clear um, expert opinions and bad experiences from other countries. He accused Lauterbach of setting the wrong priorities, and the health minister argued that Germany's existing policies have failed. He said that the government's aim to offer greater safety, protect consumers against contaminated and toxic products, and reduce drug-related crime. In a quote, he says, we are not creating a problem, Lauterbach insisted. We are trying to solve a problem, he says. He reiterated that Germany does not want to uh, emulate the model of the neighboring Netherlands, which combines decriminalization with little market regulation. And the cannabis plan is one of several social reform projects that the German Chancellor Olaf Scholowitz, socially liberal three-party governing coalition, agreed to embark on when it took office back in December of 2021. So it sounds like uh, backpedaling is kind of like the theme of the day, Rico, and you're kind of like lead the charge of all the backpedalers because that's what it sounds like is happening out there in Germany. But I'm going to digress. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the high at nine news. What do you all think about this? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, I don't know. Germany's trying to be locked in lockstep with everybody else here. Um, they got ahead of their they got ahead of their their time with their words and now they got to revise what they said initially you know what i think is probably hampering them up on a lot of this is the fact that they're using the world liberalized that's probably that's probably slowing the whole liberal is only a controversial word here in america and uh they america is the world list policies over there as well so uh, i guess uh germany's really putting pushing forward a socialist equity uh, agenda. Equity stop it. They're using. They're importing Canadian weed, bro. That's probably part of the problem too. They realize no one's going to want to buy any of that booth trap from those stores. So they're like, hold on, we got to reel this back. We got to get some infrastructure in place and start growing our own weed. Right. Uh, yeah, that might actually be true. I could probably believe that. But you guys, we're so far as far as the U.S. is concerned in the global market, we're years behind, and every day we fall further and further behind these other larger countries, especially when Germany gets into full capacity and also Mexico gets into full capacity, the U.S. cannabis market is just going to take a big fat shit. Oh, and our I mean, only hope it, is that it hasn't even already. Yeah, I know. I mean, our only hope is that when our federal government pulls their head out of their ass with any luck, they won't allow import of cannabis. Well, that's, that's that's too late. That's too late because, uh, Cannabis is already in uh, NAFTA 2.0, so that's not a reality. We're going to be the dinosaurs to the table, even though we set the table. We're too, emo- we're too emotional over here. We're the young, emotional country, and we're going through our teenage years, and it's going to it's going to screw <laughs> it's going to screw us over the next ten years. It's going to be just like like far behind, just like you said. I, mean, I feel like everybody was really expecting California to get it right, and we screwed it so bad, like so bad that no one could really follow us. All they could do is follow what not to do. Yeah. Very true. I, I don't think this has anything to do with Germany wanting to grow cannabis in their own backyard. I don't. I think this has to do with the other European countries in the EU not being prepared to start dealing with cannabis. I don't think this is anything... Uh, with a lack of interest on Germany's part, I think that no one else is ready to regulate it. And once one country in the EU does it, the other ones have to follow suit and they're just not ready. Well, you know, out there in the EU, if you have a medical cannabis recommendation from one of the countries that does issue them, 
you are able to travel with your cannabis anywhere. I get it, Jason Beck, but I don't think they're ready for what comes with that responsibility. I think that's why they're scaling it back. Just because you can travel with it doesn't mean they're ready to be uh, growing it and dealing with everything that has to do with it. People are already doing it. A windowsill booth in Italy does not count, Jason. But there's tons of there's tons but of booth. list grow. There's tons <laughs> there's, there's tons of booth out throughout Europe. I mean, you can go to Spain, you can go to Amsterdam. There's tons of weed yeah. out there. Spanish I understand that there's tons of weed uh, everywhere. However, there is not tons of weed in the government houses. They're not ready for it. They are dinosaurs, just like Americans. Spanish you know. booth, Dutch booth. Yeah, where, where else? Where else we got booth, Jason? Italian booth, California booth. Yeah, there's booth. a lot of that boofing around the world. <laughs> a lot of boofing over there where where Stone's at out there in Texas. Windowsill, Austin, Delta Eight booth. All right, move on, King Booth. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep right. it boofing. Well, coming up next. That's right. It's the spicy. Redheaded conservative that loves, loves, loves to just rain on everybody's parade. She loves to dress up her dogs in inappropriate outfits and parade them around town as if she's at the Westminster Kennel Club. That's right. It is the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own Washington Insider, Gretchen Gailey. Good afternoon. My headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. Maryland lawmakers passed bill blocking police searches based on marijuana odor, sending it to governor. As Maryland's governor prepares to sign a marijuana sales bill that passed the legislature over the weekend, lawmakers have approved a separate measure to prevent police from using the odor of possession of cannabis alone as the basis of a search. The legislation from Delegate Charlotte Crutchfield, which passed the House with amendments last month, cleared the Senate in a 27 to 20 vote on Monday with one additional revision. It then went back to the House, which concurred with the change and passed it in a 101 to 36 vote with just minutes left in the legislative session. It states that a law enforcement official may not initiate a stop or a search of a person, a motor vehicle or a vessel based only on the smell of burnt or unburnt cannabis. The possession of personal use amount of marijuana or the presence of money near marijuana without additional evidence of intent to distribute. Further, the bill says police cannot search certain parts of motor vehicle for marijuana during investigations into suspected impaired driving, including parts of the car that aren't accessible to the driver or any areas that aren't reasonably likely to contain evidence relevant to the condition of the driver or operator. The measure also proposes to lower the fine for public cannabis consumption from $250 to $50. The Senate amendment that was adopted on the floor and concurred with by the House would additionally clarify that evidence obtained in violation of the law, including evidence conducted with the consent, would not be admissible in court. The final vote in the House was contentious, with certain Republican delegates accused of attempting to run out the clock to prevent the chamber from advancing the legislation before a midnight deadline, but the House Speaker pushed it through. Now the bill, along with a broader cannabis commerce measure, has been sent to Governor Wes Moore. The governor's office told Marijuana Moment on Monday that he intends to sign the marijuana sales legislation. The developments are timely as a voter-approved cannabis legalization referendum is set to take effect at the beginning of July. Now officials will work to prepare for the regulatory implementation. 
The sales bill is partly a product of extensive work from bipartisan and bicameral lawmakers who were part of the House Cannabis Referendum and Legalization Work Group, which was formed in 2021 by Speaker Adrian Jones. Members have held numerous meetings to inform regulations following Maryland voters' approval of the legalization referendum during last year's election, which triggered the implementation of comp, comp, comp I can't say this damn word, complementary, uh, fuck it, legislation covering rules <laughs> for basic policies like possession and low-level home cultivation. In addition to legalizing the purchase and possession of up to 1.5 ounces of cannabis for adults starting this summer, the legislation will also remove criminal penalties for possession of up to two and a half ounces. Adults 21 and older will be allowed to grow up to two plants for personal use and gift cannabis without remuneration. Past convictions for conduct made legal under the proposed law will be automatically expunged and people currently serving time for such offenses will be eligible for resentencing. The legislation makes it so people with convictions for possession with intent to distribute can petition the courts for expungement three years after serving out their time. I think this is a wonderful uh, development for Maryland. For years, Maryland has had a cannabis market under a governor who was not a fan um, and it's taking years to get it up and running. I think Westmore is exactly what this industry needs in Maryland uh, and we should see other good things coming out of Maryland, uh, including some wonderful uh, non-indoor booth. Uh, this Gretchen for a Hyatt Nine News. Well, so, 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 so Gretchen, of course, you can't yes. say complimentary. I mean, that doesn't. No, it wasn't complimentary. It. Whatever. <laughs> That's not the word. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I think I think all the cartels should really enjoy this bill because you expressly stated mm -hmm. that they can't search secret compartments that the driver is unable to access while driving the vehicle. So that means all the smugglers are safe under this new law. Yeah. Well, Hallelujah. maybe. Okay. Maybe. When we passed Prop 64 in California and a lot of cannabis activity became legal, they had to retire dogs. Because mm -hmm. if a dog was trying to, to hit on weed, they had to take it out because my criminal uh, attorney friends were just challenging probable cause for the stop, for the search, and it just went to shit. Now, we couldn't get anybody to expunge a record. Well, I don't say anybody. We're still fighting to get these records expunged and resentencings and things like that. So, Gretchen, that's going to be a long battle because law enforcement forces don't want to give up people they got a conviction on. But this is going to roll out because probable cause for a search is a national standard at some level, the Fourth Amendment. And, you know, if you if if you pinch somebody and the pretext is I smell weed, then you better have something more than that before you go tearing that car apart. Well, uh, and for yeah. Jason, when you're talking about that, they can't the smugglers will be fine. Mm -hmm. This the part about not allowing to search other parts of the car is only if they're pulled over for impairment. That's what that rule is for. Only they can pull them over for all sorts of other oh, hold reasons. On. So, so you're saying if you get pulled over for your taillight, then, then they can still search yeah. search your hidden compartments. 100%. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, all I, right, Dale Schaefer. I'm just saying that if they're pulling you over because you're weaving, and, then they, can, and you, they find pot in your trunk. In theory, so they, they can't complain on the pot. To just so, drive, drive like you are impaired, and then that way they can't search your vehicle. Right. If you're yeah. in LA, you just like, tell hey, me. I, I just like to, to get around, around like the color 
In yeah. between, I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid these. I like to drive like a roller coaster. Yeah. It's so fun. I'm trying to get around these potholes. Yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Nailed it. I don't know. Well, while I'm, you know, I don't want people pulled over just for the smell of weed. I do also am looking forward to the adult use regs coming into place here. I think that is another big part of this story that is not uh, they don't touch on as much. Uh, that will start in July, which is big here uh, for the state of Maryland. Are you going to Maryland and buy some weed? It's just like I, no, I don't. I can go, walk down the street and buy some weed. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. You wouldn't want to go and participate. I'm a certified medical patient in the District of Columbia. I can get it. You're a self-certified medical self-certified. patient. In the it all counts, baby. It all counts here in D.C. <laughs> Put an asterisk on that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two asterisks. Nope. And, I, and I did once upon a time have a, a patient card in California years ago when I needed they to. They never it. expire, Gretchen. I'm telling you, well, they don't sweet. expire. Then I still got it in California, too. They don't expire? Um, they we do. tried that case. They don't expire. expire. Ooh, I gotta find. I gotta find. I know, my all mine have expiration dates on them. Dale. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you, you, it it will be nice to see how they do it. the yeah. resentencing measures for people. I would like to see how that goes. If anyone what? really gets, I'm a sovereign. I'm a sovereign citizen. Huh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're traveling, huh? <laughs> I'm traveling. It's a non-commerce vehicle. <laughs> you can't tell me nothing. Oh. Just shoot me the <laughs> fucking. Oh, this was this was this was a great story, Gretchen. Thank you so much. No, Jason Beck, shut up. You yeah. didn't think it was great. Move I did. I didn't think it was great. I'm being honest. I was being. I think I'm. I'm really ecstatic for all my friends out in Maryland and Maryland. Well, They're all going to go get really merry and cheery now. It's kind. Of, it's a small state to be smuggling across, so they only have a small window to smuggle. A lot of people in Maryland got money, so it's not about it's yeah. not about the size. It's about they how, got no much, money. how much what are you money talking they about? got buried underneath their Why house. do you think Maryland got money? Have you seen Baltimore? I have. Would you, would you say Ten Jason, feet of Baltimore is nice. I've seen the wire. I know how much say it's not about the size. <laughs> you say? That's what Jason tells himself all the time. It's not about the size. Just don't mm-hmm. laugh and point at him, okay? I bet, I bet, I bet. You guys are so silly. Little hand booth, uh, We do want to remind everybody to make sure that they head over to our website, hiat9news.com, and make sure you share with us what you're doing with 420. We're running a little contest. Make sure you share share it. Go check it out. And we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown at High and Nine News are those of individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and the speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or its authorities. The views expressed in the room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, put it on the blockchain.
Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh yes, coming up next. That's right. It's it's our one of our favorite lawyers, Mr. Dale Schaefer, who has been around so long that he was around back in the early, early days and did some time for a cannabis crime and then helped everyone doing time help get rid of their time. That's right, is none other than the Dale Schaefer. Good morning, everybody. My story comes out of Law 360. Headline is Texas judge says pot user has constitutional right to guns. Now, this has been an issue that's been floating around. I represent Weed for Warriors, and my guys are afraid to even get a state card because they think they're going to lose their gun rights. So this, this story um, has multiple parts to it, and, and we're going to have ongoing discussions. But what I want to start with is that what human beings do you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. This woman was charged. She was indicted for two counts of violating a gun control act from 1968. It seems her husband was next door with a shotgun um, shooting and making noise. And he and the neighbor had been smoking crack. And so when the cops showed up, they went to her house and found that she was a, she consumed cannabis. Let's use the modern term. She, she smoked marijuana and they found a crack pipe and mushrooms. Okay. So what she got indicted for was possessing a gun um, as an unlawful substance user. And she also got indicted for transferring a gun to an unlawful substance user. And so um, he was indicted or she was indicted. They tried to uh, dismiss the indictment. The judge wouldn't do it. But the judge reconsidered when the Texas appeals court decided a gun control um, law that touched upon some of these same subjects. So what they decided was that the second amendment covers basically everybody. And that if you wanna take away somebody's gun rights, you're gonna to have to do more than call them a law, an, uh, an un, unlaw abiding person. Let me see what other terms they use. Some of these are hilarious. Um, that they are unvirtuous, not law abiding, that they're dangerous because they smoke weed, okay? Now, this law started in 1968, and Rico, you may know this or you may like this, but the, back in the mid-60s, the, the Black Panthers showed up open-carrying assault rifles, okay? And the powers that be in Washington, their butt puckered up real quick, and they went in and they passed a gun control law in 1968. And I was in, I was in high school. I didn't care about this. It didn't matter to me. Uh, and it never really mattered to me. I lost my own gun rights. So as I'm reading this, I remember, okay, this is what they did. And they added so much verbiage in there to capture anybody they could. And the language they use, if you're an illegal substance user or you're a known addict, okay, you can't possess, you can't transfer. Okay. Now, what this court did is it took a look at the New York control or um, personal carry law that just got struck down by the Supreme Court. Okay. And Jason, you'll appreciate this because the Supreme Court has taken a conservative bent. 
And what it's decided to do was to overturn the apple cart. Mindy, that's one of my new Daleisms. And um, what they decided to do was not to look at the um, New York state law as they traditionally do through strict scrutiny. Okay. What they decided to do is take a historical look at what societies and particularly the United States has done with concealed weapons over the history of this country. This is a new version of originalism. What were they doing in you know, 1791 with concealed weapons? Well, a concealed weapon was three feet long. They talked about daggers. I read this 135 page case last night and I thought, holy crap, they're going back to the time of Richard the Lionheart and shit like that. So the dissent from Breyer said, hang on, we have a rule here. If the government's gonna do something that infringes upon somebody's um, constitutional rights, there's got to be a compelling state interest and the, the law has to be necessary to achieve the compelling state interest. Well, the compelling state interest is gun violence and nobody on the court wants that to be an issue. So they invented a whole new standard. So this judge in, in Texas, and this is a Texas case for Stone, so pay attention to this, took a look at the um, latest appellate court decision where a guy who had a domestic violence uh, allegations against him, they took his guns away and they said, no, 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 no. Domestic violence doesn't make you a dangerous person. Now I know some women who have the crap beat out, I don't disagree with that, but that's the position the court took. So based upon that, this, this judge, uh, Judge Pantone, I think her name is, she reconsidered and she took a look at the um, illegal user of drugs and said, nah, no, no, no. You have to have due process before you declare someone to fit in that category. You can't just think, oh, gee, someone who smokes weed, you're dangerous, you're non-liabiting, you're unscrupulous, whatever term they tried to use. You have to have a hearing and they have to have a, an opportunity to be heard before you can take their gun rights away. It doesn't take away all the gun rights, but what it did, it invented a whole new standard for looking at the Second Amendment. Now, is this going to be their, their course now, as they take a look at laws that have traditionally been based upon certain understandings of the Constitution and back up and go, no, no, in 1791, we saw it this way. This is how we're going to handle it now. I don't know, Jason, but this is something that we are going to talk about because there are many parts to this, a new rule for looking at constitutional rights. And the other part of it, there's a declared statement that smoking weed doesn't make you dangerous and you shouldn't lose your gun rights for that. I want to applaud that. But there's a split amongst now the federal appellate districts. There's one court in Texas that said, no, just smoking weed makes you dangerous. And you should lose your gun rights. So this is going to head up to the Supreme Court. We've already got a split. We're going to see it there. So stand by because some of these themes I'll bring up again as these cases move forward. So there's my, there's my take. What do you guys have to say? Why don't you play the Black National Anthem, Jason? <laughs> hey, finally, a Texas judge did something that I can agree with. Um, I, I'm sure, though, it's causing major confusion between people in Texas to have one side say, cannabis users aren't dangerous and on the other side say but gun rights so it's 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 causing major confusion here but i agree with it i mean as far as you shouldn't lose your gun rights when just because oh, are you excited you gonna go buy a gun today what's that you go buy a gun today i have plenty of guns i'll buy a gun today, if I, 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 go buy a gun today just, just because 
Just as, because. As, yes. As, as, as a Texan, what is your joint first? No. As a Texan, <laughs> what, is, what, is your, what is your monthly uh, gun budget? Like, uh, how many guns you buy a month, bro? <laughs> <laughs> as many hey, as hey, my advice is do. don't say anything. Plead <laughs> the fifth. This is only a district court opinion, and I wouldn't cite it to the DEA that showed up to ask to take a look at your guns and how good your weed is. It wouldn't be the DEA, Dale. It would be the ATF. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I've seen them all come together. They all came together at my house. They do. They're they're the alphabet soup. They all come together. That part is true. Shout out to the alphabet boys. Alphabet boys. I mean, I think this is really exciting as far as setting some kind of precedent and really getting, you know, a lot of food for thought. I think having this actually come out of Texas makes it even more powerful for me mm-hmm. um, just because of cannabis and the way that Texas has traditionally approached it. Um, so this it, but it's not surprising coming out of Texas when we're talking about firearms. So um I don't know. I, I'm happy about this this information. I think that other attorneys in other states will definitely be referring to it over and over. And it's definitely time for us to take a stronger look at why these laws were originally put in mm-hmm. place. And that's the problem. The intention always matters. That's the problem they're going to have, Mandy, is because I'm old enough to remember when these came online and why they were racially motivated. I mean, this gun control law was to stop violence. Then why are you talking about someone who smokes weed? Okay, it it was racially motivated, as was the 1970 Controlled Substance Act. It was a knee jerk for Tim Leary throwing out the, you know, the 1937 cannabis, Mm -hmm. um, the marijuana Mm -hmm. tax act that all came together at the same time. And one of the things that just popped out of Texas, this Mifa Prestone decision um, where this Texas judge ruled that, oh, this drug, you can't, you know, from the very beginning, you should have never had it online. I can tell you, friends of mine have tried to get in front of a federal court over why is marijuana in Schedule One? Mm-hmm. Okay, we could never even get the time of day. And this judge, on his own, sua sponte, we call it what? Oh, in nineteen two in two thousand, when they put this online, oh, they did it wrong. We're going to take it off. It's like, hold on, hold on, hang on, hang on. Can we use that as precedence to have a look at Schedule One status of marijuana? Mm-hmm. I doubt it. But this is the kind of thing I think that good argument, though, Dale. You could. The Supreme Court may take a look at this and go, hang on for a second. Hang on for a second. We got thrown into administrative law loop. And until you exhaust your administrative remedies, you never get in front of the judge on the real question you want. That That's a mess we're going to be dealing with for a while here. I mean, this is I, I think this is fantastic news. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I want to see this go the, all the way to the Supreme Court. And I can't wait for us to follow along and, and let you all know what's happening with all these stories. But this is this is a keeper in my mind. Right. I predict it'll be in front of the court probably yep. the next term. And I predict our conservative court will uh will, will side with this type of a view that Texas just had. That's going to be my prediction. Mm. I guess well, like- I wouldn't be surprised because they're trying to really limit what Congress says a regulatory agency can do. They're strictly scrutinizing these enabling statutes in their language. So we may see a lot of things rolled back uh, based upon looking carefully at not only what it says, but how it's applied, because that's basically how we look at this. Does it say something unconstitutional or is it being applied in an unconstitutional way? So we may see this, like I said, the apple cart turned upside down over things like this, which will be helpful for our movement. 
Yeah, when the apple cart gets out, turned upside down, you can see all the bad apple cops just rolling out there. <laughs> just one after the other. Let's keep it moving here. Up next, she's a NorCal-based Emerald Cup edibles judge known to some up north as Carmen Sacramento, a crusader for female entrepreneurship on a mission to show the world cannabis motherhood and executive lifestyle do go together. Y'all know who it is, Mandy Tingler. <laughs> Thanks for the warm intro, Rico. Today's article is one that I was really excited to see the headline pop up on my desktop. We've all been wondering what's going on with Brittany Griner, and well, it looks like she's getting ready to put out a memoir. My article comes from Yahoo News via the Today Show, and the headline reads, Brittany Griner is writing a memoir about unfathomable in Russian prison. For the first time, basketball player Brittany Griner will be opening up about her time in Russian prisons for almost a year in 2022. The untitled memoir will detail the WNBA star's arrest in Russia on February 17, 2022. At the time, she was traveling to rejoin the UMMC Ekaterberg basketball team. Russian authorities said they found vape canisters with cannabis oil in the 32-year-old's luggage when she arrived in Moscow at the Sharimatevo airport. That day was the beginning of an unfathomable period of my life, which only now I am ready to share, she says in a statement with Today Show by her publisher, Knopf. The raw memoir will touch on the two-time Olympic gold medalist detention, trial, and imprisonment in Russia that followed. It will also recount the public and behind-the-scenes efforts to bring Griner home for the United States. The Phoenix Mercury player was released in December after the Biden administration negotiated a prison swap with arms dealer Victor Bout returning to Russia. Prior to her release, she was sentenced to nine years working in a Russian penal colony after pleading guilty to the drug charges. After an incredibly challenging 10 months in detainment, I am grateful to have been rescued and to be home, she said. Readers will hear my story and understand why I'm so thankful for the outpouring of support from people across the world. The memoir will document the difficulty of navigating the Russian legal system, particularly without speaking the language. The WNBA All-Star also discusses her stark and surreal time living in a foreign prison and her daily life living in a women's penal colony. She will touch on how the hashtag WeAreBG movement began and the issue of paying equity for women athletes in the United States. It was this income equity that propelled Griner to pursue basketball in Russia for seven previous seasons, as well as return for her eighth in 2022. Reiner also noted that through writing this book, she hopes to bring awareness to other Americans wrongfully detained abroad, including former Marine Paul Whelan. This will be Griner's second book. Her first, In My Skin, My Life, On and Off the Basketball Court, was published in 2015. The memoir will be published in the spring of 2024 by Alfred K. Knopf, imprint of the Knopf Doubleday Publishing Group, which is a division of the Penguin Random House. It will be edited by Jordan Palvin, Knopf Senior Vice President and Editor-in-Chief will have a co-writer. Brittany Griner has been a trailblazing pioneer in the world of sports for over a decade, Arthur, uh, Reagan Arthur Knopf, EVP publisher, said. Her memoir recounts not only the biggest news stories, one of the biggest news stories of 2022, but also centers on a personal story of survival and hope. Guys, I don't know about you, but incredibly thankful still that Brittany is home, 
that she is safe. I am very um, not surprised to hear that there's a book on release on the horizon here, but um, I'm definitely eager to read it. This is Mandy reporting for Hyatt Nine News. What do you guys think about this story with Miss Brittany? I just can't wait to hear the triggers. <laughs> can't wait to hear the response from the conservative nation, just how pissed off they were. We shouldn't be giving her any attention, blah, 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 blah. Why don't you start with it, Jason? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm already starting because I'm not giving her no attention. I think this is like terribly ridiculous. And I already wrote in the comments, I said she must have started writing this book while she was under Russian control. And I'll bet you it's written diary style. Yeah, well. Listen, well, I just go hope prison, you're going to have war stories. Okay. Let me just, I've got five years of them. Exactly. Exactly. So I'd be happy to chat with her about what it's like to be in, you know, federal prison in this country and go by Con Air and, you know, just, I think uh, I feel, I, I feel bad that that happened to her. I think you guys should do a comparison on your guys' two different nationwide tours and your, and your uh, accommodations. Well, I, I've still got more chapters. People want me to write books, and it's like, look, I still got more shit to do. We all know. I'm going to slide into that grave head first, and it's like, I'm done now. I've done enough. So I you still know, got more, more things to do. One of the things I really hope that she leans into is her personal cannabis use, why she has it, why she felt like this was an unreasonable reason to go to jail. If she doesn't do a strong pro-cannabis advocate approach in this book, she missed the mark a thousand times over. And Jay, um, um, it, I just want to know if it was Delta 8 or not. Was it Delta 8? Was it really? Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe maybe she'll maybe she'll talk about that in the book, Rico. And when you buy it, then you can just tell me what happens. You know, <laughs> you don't want to buy. You don't want to borrow it. Is that, is oh. what she, is that what she I said? just want you to tell me what it says. I don't. I don't even want to waste my time reading it. I'll read. I'll read, I the, have, cliff, I'll read the cliff's I, notes. I have <laughs> a question for you, Mandy. I'm trying to remember correctly because uh, in the beginning, didn't she say she didn't know she had it? And then a couple months went by, she's sitting in jail and then she became a medical patient. I mean, do we really expect her to have some strong love of, love of cannabis? Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to push back lovingly on that one though, Gretchen, because after just having traveled internationally and as a person who has a lot of products on her when I travel, I thought I took everything out of all of my bags. And when I got to where I was going, I definitely found other things that were in little pockets. Hold and on, hold on, hold on. Comparing so, you and her in regards with that is not even an equatable equation. Okay. I think I hear it what is you're saying, Mandy. I hear error. what you're saying. There are People forget that they have. I stuff. hear you. I have old things that have been riding I'm around not, in an old. I forgot I had two switchblades in my luggage once. That's a whole other story. Um, it happens. I get I that. But thank you. Stone's the only one who heard me. Yeah, <laughs> However, um, but then she never said from the start that she was a medical patient. That didn't come around till longer. That's my my yeah. concern. Yeah. I mean, you can be a medical patient and not yeah. have it product on you. Maybe she was self-proclaimed, Gretchen. Medical. Well, and the WNBA, I don't know how welcoming they are to people advocating that you're medical patients. The NBA has just now taken that Right. That problem mm -hmm. away, the WNBA will coming along. And listen, these guys smoke weed a lot, and and I'm I'm all for it. But yeah. we have to make this something. You look something and I say, yeah, I use cannabis. I play professional sports, and this should not be a problem. That I needs mean, to be something yeah. that's okay to say. I they should. She should have just said what it is, and that it's Delta Eight. Yeah. And I, I think the whole they, the whole medical side of it. I think that was just a hail mary by her legal team to 
just try everything that they could to get her out. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think she was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't work for me. I so. mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. I, if, if I really it's not do. recognized in that country, then you know. Agreed. I really, I really like what Nick has to say on this, and then we're going to go to a quick commercial. But Nick says, uh, "I have been to thirty plus countries. You know what you have in your bag because you know what the name of the game is in cannabis. It's called secure the bag." Let's go to a commercial. Back secure. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. You all right, Rico? You with us? Rico, you with us? You okay? I got the next one. Yeah, you got no, stone. Let do I did it. Mandy, bro. You got oh. stone, man. Stone. I'm sorry, man. Oh man. Oh shit, that's my bad. Oh, you over there typing your typewriter? Sorry. Mushrooms in the morning. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mess with mushrooms, bro. I let other people deal with that. That's not not my style. But coming up next, we have the Texas invasion himself, the man who lives in a red state but claims it's a purple state because most men are colorblind. That's right, who loves Delta 8 and all of the amazing events that happen in the amazing town of Austin. That's right, it is. he's always hitting the high road. It is Mr. Stone Slade. Ah, thank you, Jason. Thank you for your daily Delta 8 nonsense. Today, my story comes from a, a state where cannabis is legal, not, not Texas, Detroit, uh, Detroit's first weed themed event. It's coming this April when the 420 music, fe music fest kicks off on the 29th. Um, this is definitely a big deal, but let's not forget the big OG event that took place uh, this past April 1st, 45 minutes away in Ann Arbor that paved the way for not just legalization, but new events like this one. Yes, I'm talking about Hash Bash, which was originally held back way back Saturday, April 1st, 1972, uh, in response to the March 9th, 1972 decision by Michigan Supreme Court declaring unconstitutional the law to convict cultural activist John Sinclair for the possession of two marijuana joints. The second year of Hash Bash had many more people and, and, and state representative uh, Perry Bollard even smoked uh, cannabis at the event, which drew criticism from the, from the other side. Um, fast forward to 20, 2009, Hashbash celebrated uh, medical cannabis victory in Michigan and was the largest gathering the event had ever seen with an estimated 1,600 participants. Can, uh, attendance continued to go up with appearances by Tommy Chong, uh, the governor showing up and, and, and praising cannabis, saying that we worked hard to get it done and made recreational marijuana legal for the state of Michigan. Uh, this year, though, this year's event, which has come thanks to to events like Hash Bash, I just wanted to give Hash Bash their flowers, is the 420 Music Fest. It comes with live DJs, performances, and of course, cannabis. The event was announced on their website and scheduled to kick off at 2000 Brooklyn Street and near other nearby areas. The event is significant because it'll allow for the consumption of cannabis on site beginning at noon and going on throughout the day. Adult use, rec uh, adult use recreational has become uh, legal in 2019 for the state of Detroit just uh, recently started, just now opened up their market. The capacity for the event is only 2,500 people. There'll be cannabis retailers at the event, which makes the event pretty damn cool to me. 
uh, starting the show. Uh, the show will include the Zion Lion Reggae Band and the Motor City Vibrations. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Stone Slave reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. Shout out to the D, where they call yeah. Jason Beck White Gucci. Is White Gucci gonna be in the place? <laughs> I out might there dodging potholes. I might just I might just gas up the jet for this one. Stop in Texas. Texas tone. Pick me up. I'll go with you. Blow dry the mink. Away, but you know, put a perm in the mink. <laughs> maybe maybe if you meet me in Oklahoma, I'll pick you up. <laughs> I can drive to Oklahoma. I'll meet All you. Right. <laughs> They got real low gas prices at the airfields in Oklahoma. Um, All right. We have biofuel. You're stupid, Rico. Anybody else want to have on this one? And we've been smoking weed at concerts for a long time. Forever. It's it's nice that you can do it, but nobody ever stopped me in Oakland or San Francisco back in the day. They used to sell bags walking into Kizar Stadium to go to concerts <laughs> are they gonna well, i'm glad to see it more normalized you're not worried about getting popped and no. it makes music so much better i may admit this part stone is this an actual licensed cannabis event in it's the first way or or is this just a concert and they're advertising <clears throat> that there's going to be weed there i believe it's a licensed event because they do have licensed retailers they're gonna that are setting up there to I don't know if they're selling their cannabis at the event, how that's going to work. Or... I don't know they're not just licensed delivery services that are going to do the ice cream truck model. They are oh, going. No, they are going. White Gucci needs to report yes. back for us. They are going to actually be. They actually are going to be there. They'd be able to sell uh, legally. They've done a couple of small scale uh, uh, events leading up to this one, giving the city of Detroit confidence in having this. But if this is the was it the fourth or fifth time they've actually had it, the 420 Music Festival, and the other ones weren't officially legal <laughs> but they were still called the 420 music festival it's the first one now because it's legal it's new v <laughs> i guess you know whatever shout out to detroit shout out to detroit. I like detroit. yeah we love detroit we big, love big, big love big love in uh, up, up in detroit uh the dirty mitten doing the damn thing but we are at the top of the hour and I'd like to thank you all out there tuning in with us for yet another episode of High Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us the feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, giving us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, the wonderful Jaja Simone, over there holding things down in Clubhouse, giving our AV struggles to a minimum, to all, minimum and to all of our sponsors as well. Omar Figueroa, attorney at law, I Spire, and then all of them. And then also Hyatt Nine News for sponsoring us as well. <laughs> over there. So to our haters out there, I see you typing away, you know, gumming up your thumbs and everything over there in the comment section. This is America. Exercise your right to freedom and cuss away over there because we can't do it on air. And you know, always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason that the Hyatt Nine News team shows up every single day. We love you. We will so continue consuming you in and just like taking all the nutrients into our bodies because it makes us stronger, faster, and better every single day. It's Monday. No, it's not Monday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. April 12th. 
humping along here, Jason, humping along here. The show is over. You've been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke it at least until tomorrow. Y'all know who it is. Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street. It's, and we're, before we sign off here, Dale Schaefer, do you have a final word for these good people at home? Uh, yeah, don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> Watch those mushrooms in the morning, too. And what? Watch those mushrooms in the morning. Watch the mushrooms in the morning. Stay, the, yeah, you say stupid shit on radio shows, so be careful. That, does that have the same effect as like when you sit down and you watch the grass grow, Dale? Well, that's good weed not. if you're doing that. That's good weed. <laughs> good weed. Hood weed. <laughs>